Hello, everyone. I'm your Average Joe, and welcome to the Average Joe podcast. Here are today's topics. In global news, we have the ghost of Kiev. In tech news, we have a new gaming console, the Valve Steam Deck. In music, we'll take a look at the top five rappers of this generation. For our how-to segment, we'll learn how to start a fire. And today's topic for debate is, should minimum wage be raised to $15 an hour? Alright, starting with global news today, unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure you're aware that Ukraine has launched an invasion into its neighboring country, Ukraine. Now, there have been speculated reports in Ukraine's capital city, Kiev, that a Ukrainian MiG-29 fighter jet is roaming the skies and taking down Russian jets. According to Marco World News, former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko has confirmed the existence of this dubbed Ghost of Kiev, who shot down six Russian aircraft in Ukrainian airspace on February 24th. His list of victims included two Su-35s, one Su-27, one MiG-29, and two Su-25s, making the Ghost of Kiev the first ace of the 21st century. For those of you who don't know, a pilot becomes an ace when they shoot down five or more enemy aircraft. Uh, The number can vary depending on circumstance, but five is typically the standard. Now I will say this, with a name like Ghost of Kiev, you are absolutely going to be in a video game, whether it's a DLC for Call of Duty or like your own title. If World War III breaks out this decade and Russia versus Ukraine was only the start, then at the very least, this pilot needs to be how you start the World War III video game that gets released in like 20 years. <laughs> All right, moving over to tech news, the Valve Steam Deck is a brand new handheld gaming console that was released on February 25th. The base model starts at $399 with 64 gigabytes of storage. The mid-tier model kicks things up with a 256 gigabyte uh, storage drive at $529. And the high-end model uh, boasts a 512GB storage drive with a $649 price tag. All models will have the following specs, a 7-inch 60Hz 1280x800IPS screen with 400 nit brightness, a 4-core 8-thread AMD Zen 2 APU processor with 8-core RDNA 2 graphics, 16GB of LPDDR5 memory, 8 of those gigs which will be accessible by the GPU, a 40-watt-hour battery, dual-band Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5.0, a USB Type-C port, a DisplayPort 1.4 out, and a 3.5mm headphone jack. Now, in the world of handheld gaming devices, it is no surprise that Nintendo cake takes the cake, right? I mean, their best-selling console of all time is the Switch, which has sold 103.54 million units as of December 31st, 2021. And people love the Switch, right? For like about $300, you're getting your favorite Nintendo titles and more on the go. Or if you want to, you can dock it and you can play it at home on the TV. Like it's it's a huge hit. But I think the Steam Deck is going to blow that out of the water. Uh, I think that there is going to be a divide between Switch players and Steam Deck players in the same sense that there's a divide between Xbox PlayStation players and PC players. I say this because the Steam Deck is pretty much a PC, right? Like it's it's basically a smaller laptop that doesn't sacrifice any of the performance for its size. Now, the advantage that the Steam Deck has is its price. Um, the Switch OLED is Nintendo's current top tier model, right? And it's currently priced for about $350. On the contrary, for only $50 more, you can buy the Steam Deck and be a part of like the, the so-called PC master race. There's, there's no longer going to be that gap between casual gamers who enjoy their four dollars to $500 console and don't want to spend $1,000 on a computer like all the other gaming enthusiasts out there. Instead, there is now this device that can bridge the gap 
and give the console gamers a taste of PC gaming with without having to empty their pockets. It's it's pretty awesome. Now I understand that there are some complaints on the on the software side of the Steam Deck, and I'm sure that we'll see Valve address these issues as they're made public. But once this thing is like really out there in the hands of the people for a little bit, uh, I do think we're going to see a big market shift towards the Steam Deck and towards handheld gaming just as a whole. All right, today for music, we are going to take a comprehensive look at the top five rappers of this generation, why they've earned their placement, and what makes them unique. Now, to compile this list, I browsed multiple, multiple pre-made rankings, streaming numbers, fan votes, etc., and I awarded points to the top five rappers that were on each list. So, after a lot of time browsing the web and making spreadsheets, uh, I have compiled a list of the top five rappers of this generation, and that list looks like this. At number five, we have Future. At number four, Kanye West. At number three, J. Cole. Number two, Drake. And number one, the current king of rap, Kendrick Lamar. Let's start at the bottom of our list here and talk about Future. Uh, to get the obvious out of the way, Future is not on this list due to his lyricism genius. Um, it's his, his 808s, his melodic flow, and his his drug-induced laxness that has molded rap and hip-hop uh, into what it is now. Uh, in the words of Andre 3000, Future makes the most negative inspirational music ever. His sound has influenced a new wave of lean-sipping, head-bumping artists like Juice World, Lil Baby, and Gunna. Uh, his songs highlight his struggle with addiction while simultaneously embracing the trap lifestyle, making albums like Dirty Sprite 2 and High Off Life a, a must-listen if you want to get into his sound. Moving to number four, uh, Kanye West is no doubt one of the most inspirational artists to affect 21st century pop culture. Uh, prior to the 2000s, rappers like 50 Cent were pretty much running the rap game with club ballads that praised beautiful women and expensive lifestyles. But... When Kanye arrived, he brought a light to a different part of rap, a part that explored personal problems and struggle rather than material wealth. Uh, this new wave of rap uh, showed the public that their favorite artists had experienced the same life struggles as them, and the idea of a socially aware rapper uh, really took off. Essential Kanye West albums I would recommend would be uh, College Dropout, 808s and Heartbreak, and uh, The Life of Pablo. Now, number three on our list is Carolina native J. Cole, uh, a rapper praised for his lyricism, his flow, and his great storytelling skills. J. Cole, uh, he is a master of his craft, and he can convey just about any emotion into his music while still maintaining that sound that makes you say, yeah, this, this is a Cole classic. Uh, as his fame has grown over the years, his music has adapted while still keeping uh, relatively the same meaning. Um, as a young rapper, Cole would uh, talk about escaping a problematic life of drugs and violence in his tracks, like in his song Neighbors. But now that he's an A-list celebrity, uh, Cole's rapping about maintaining self-discipline and hoping that he's using his influence for good, worried that his rise to stardom uh, will potentially cause a disconnect from what he used to be and could uh, end up resulting in his fall off. Notable J. Cole albums to listen to would be For Your Eyes Only and 2014 Forest Hills Drive, uh, which managed to go platinum without any features, and that's just another testament to the power of this artist. <clears throat> the runner-up to our top five list is the one and only Drake, who is absolutely untouchable when it comes to streams. 
On Spotify alone, Drake leads the charts with 44.9 billion streams. And his closest competition is Ed Sheeran with only 33.9 billion streams. That is an 11 billion difference. That is absolutely insane. Now, although Drake might not be as lyrically minded as Cole or Kanye, uh, he connects with the crowd by understanding what's hot right now and drops hits that will dominate the sound of today. Going hand in hand with his great beat selection is his singing voice, which can turn any chorus like into a club banger, right? Uh, Drake, uh, Drake uses different flows and different energies in his songs so that he doesn't go stale. And his lyrics range from basic catchy sing-alongs like One Dance to more confrontational hard spit bars like 5am in Toronto. Uh, Drake's ability to adapt and deliver to the current needs of the rap game uh, will keep him sitting on top of sales, and I'd highly recommend his albums Take Care and Views uh, to give a listen. Finally, it's with no surprise that the top artist of our time is the lyrical genius from Compton, Kendrick Lamar. With a total of 160 awards, including 13 Grammys, 6 Billboard Music Awards, and a freaking Pulitzer Prize, there is no doubt that Kendrick is the greatest in the game right now. Uh, his detailed storytelling and complex rhyme scheme has caught the ears of the public, and he consistently delivers beautiful tracks with serious messages regarding poverty, gang life, and the struggles of his people. Unlike some of the other artists on this list, Kendrick doesn't have to release new music each year to stay on top. Instead, he releases music when he feels that the world needs his music, and the result of this is incredibly well-produced art that stays tried and true to his values while giving the public a fresh taste of Kendrick that always uh, makes a strong impression. Uh, the three essential albums that everyone needs to hear uh, to understand this mastermind are Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, and Damn. Now, before we continue on, uh, it is time for today's fun fact. Did you know that the typical lightning bolt moves at 224,000 miles per hour, or about 3,700 miles per second. Now you know. Also, when lightning strikes, it starts as electrically charged air that moves from the cloud to the ground, right? Once the connection to the ground is made, an electrical surge moves back up towards the clouds and emits the light that you see from the strike. So whenever you see a lightning strike, you're actually seeing the electricity that's moving from the ground back up to the sky. Pretty crazy, right? This concludes today's fun fact. <laughs> All right, in our how-to segment today, we're going to learn how to build a fire, assuming that you have no extra tools aside from a basic pocket knife or other sharp object. Now, a couple safety rules regarding fires. Uh, first, you should always make sure that your fire is at least six feet away from your tent, sleeping bag, or any other area that risks being burnt. Uh, you should clear the area around your fire of leaves, sticks, and any other flammable materials uh, just to guarantee the fire doesn't spread further than you want it. And finally, you should always have an available method to put out your fire, such as a bucket of water, loose dirt, etc. Awesome. So I'm going to break this down into five steps for everyone to follow. Step number one is going to be something I already mentioned, and that's clearing the area in preparation for your fire. If available, you can line your fire pit with stones to help contain the area that's burning. Uh, if not, then at least make sure your six foot circle is clear of any flammable material. Uh, step two is going to be the gathering of your firewood which is gonna come in three different sizes. The smallest stuff you're gonna gather is tinder. This is highly combustible materials like dry leaves, grass, and twigs. Or if you're really in a pinch, uh, tortilla chips uh, do a great job as tinder. So those nacho cheese Doritos you were holding onto, uh, they might be a better fire starter than a snack for later. 
Moving up from Tinder, uh, you're going to be looking for kindling, which is going to burn a little longer than the Tinder, but it's not probably not going to be able to light on its own. This is going to be the stuff like uh, small sticks and tree bark. Finally, uh, you're going to want to find your firewood. This is going to be the big logs that are going to burn for a while once your fire is up and running. Uh, keep in mind that there are two different types of wood. There's softwood that comes from coniferous trees like uh, pines, and that's going to burn faster than hardwood, uh, which is harder to light, but it does burn longer and comes from deciduous trees like oak. Now that we've got our wood gathered, we're going to move to step three, which is to set up the fire. Uh, personally, my tried and true method uh, starts by placing the tinder in a small uh, pile, which is then surrounded by the kindling in a teepee-like structure. This allows for airflow to go through the design while still giving those rising flames a chance to catch the kindling on fire. Uh, once we finish our other steps and the fire is burning, the large firewood can be stacked over the kindling in the same teepee structure to maximize both airflow and burn. Step number four uh, is where things get a little technical, and this is where you're going to want a, a knife, a pen, a spork for all I care, pretty much anything metallic and somewhat sharp. Uh, you'll want to find a decent sized branch or log, uh, maybe about the, the thickness of your forearm, and using your knife, pen, spork thing, uh, you're going to want to carve out a channel on top of the wood uh, so that one uh, starts at one end and goes about four to five inches up, right? Next, you're going to want to find another stick, uh, about as thick as your thumb, something that fits inside of that notch you just dug out. And then finally, step five is to take that stick and grind it back and forth within that channel in the wood. Uh, the end of your log should be touching your tinder, and over time, as you rub those pieces of wood together, uh, all those hot shavings and wood dust are going to scrape onto the tinder and eventually cause it to ignite. So at this point, your, your fire is going, and it's your primary job to make sure it stays alive. Uh, you're going to want to blow on it, feed that tinder more air until it can ignite the kindling. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, once, your, once your kindling is burning good, go ahead, uh, lay down your firewood uh, to bring your fire to its final stage. Um, I know you might be using this guide in like a survival type situation, but in the event that you have access to some marshmallows, I mean, you do already have a fire going, so you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, for our last segment of the show, uh, we're going to get into this week's topic for debate. Should the minimum wage be raised to $15 an hour? Now, here's how I'm going to run this debate. Uh, to keep personal bias and stuff out of the way, I'm going to be pulling arguments that both support and negate this topic, and it'll be up to you, the viewer, to decide which stance you take. Uh, I think too much mainstream news in today's age is one-sided arguments that media outlets want to shove down your throat. But I believe everyone should have the opportunity to see both sides of the coin and make a decision for themselves. So to kick things off, uh, we're going to look at one supporting stance for a $15 minimum wage. Uh, one of the biggest benefits of this change would be that minimum wage workers can improve their standard of living, obviously. Uh, as Senator Bernie Sanders says, it's not right that full-time workers still fall below the poverty line. And this $15 bump should definitely pull them above that. Now, in opposition to this, many argue that raising the minimum wage is going to have a negative effect on small businesses, which have mostly had their fair share of trouble due to COVID-19, and we're just now beginning to see some of them bounce back. Increasing minimum wage would make their margins tighter, as it would significantly increase their operating costs. But, back to the positive, another benefit of the pay increase would be job satisfaction, right? Happy employees create a productive workplace, which can in turn lead to greater customer satisfaction due to the environment. 
Plus, happy employees are less likely to leave their job, which can result in lower hiring and training costs for the business. Looking back at the cons, uh, a federal minimum wage increase will disproportionately affect workers uh, and businesses across the nation. Um, you know, when the average price of a home in California is $600,000, uh, $15 an hour there is going to feel drastically different than it would to someone in, say, Mississippi, where average home prices are only like $150,000. You get what I'm saying? Uh, it might be better for individual states to raise their wages accordingly rather than one wage across the board. Otherwise, uh, some will be helped by the change significantly less than others. Uh, the final pro towards a minimum wage bump is the fact that minimum wage hasn't been federally changed since 2009 when it was set at $7.25. Keep in mind that interest has caused the value of the American dollar to go down each year. So $7.25 in 2009 is actually worth about $5.53 in buying power today. So at the very least, raising the minimum wage to $9.50 today would put its value equal to that $7.25 established 13 years ago. Does that make sense? Uh, the final opposing view to this change is the potential reduction in employment, actually. $9.50 might put minimum wage back to what it once was, but $15 is quite a bit more, and business owners could find it more cost-effective to actually hire experienced employers or invest in machinery uh, rather than hiring entry-level starters, essentially making up for their margin loss by reducing training costs, right? Uh, this would most likely have a disproportionate effect on teenage workers along with the less educated and non-skilled, who is pretty much the people who would have needed this wage bump in the first place, you know? Uh, so with that, I'm going to close out this debate and leave it up to you, the audience. Are you for or against raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour? Or do you suggest a compromise that might be able to appease both sides? Make sure to let me know. All right, everyone. This is the end of the Average Joe podcast, and I want to give a big thank you to everyone who listened all the way to this point. You are truly a rock star, and you can be the change this world needs. Please subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. I will be trying to upload episodes weekly, and I would very much appreciate it if you took 20 minutes of your day to hear what I have to say. Who knows? You just might learn something. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful day, and I hope to see you again.